Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Again, again, again. Thursday's a new Friday. People looking forward to Thursdays. That's a beautiful thing. Well, anyway, we have a bit of a different episode here for you on The Sportsman. Uh, Joseph and I, or I should say Cutsy and I, were lucky enough to have two guys that we've known for a while now. They've got a pretty awesome podcast called The Brothers Brant, and we had them on our show, and it was a lot of fun. And um, we just wanted to come on here and sort of preface, we're going to go back to normal next week. We might occasionally have more people like them on, other guests. But this is uh, something we tried out this week. And uh, what do you think there, Cutsy? I mean, first and foremost, um, the, these two young men are just stand-up individuals, really, really good guys. I'm happy to have collabed with them. Um, and their stories are pretty, pretty epic. So, like, like they don't seem real. So definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this. Um, like Ticket said, a little bit of a change of format, but I, I got to be honest, I think doing collabs, like I'm doing the collabs in the YouTube world now with the golf things, it's beneficial. It helps both parties. It helps create exposure. Yeah. Listen, we're proud of the 400 faithful. There's no question about it, but would I rather it be 4,000 faithful or 40,000 faithful in a few years? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, we're, we're going to continue to try to grow this podcast in every way that we can. And you know, we'll do the occasional collab. This is our first time working with another group. So, you know, a little bit of a different dynamic. I mean, Tick, I don't know how, what you think, but I thought we did all right with, from an interviewing standpoint, definitely think we need to polish it up a bit, but I think um, overall, I think it's going to be a really cool episode. It's going to be something different than what we normally do. And um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really had a good time. Yeah, I think it can be tough, even if you're all in the same room together when there's two people interviewing, you know, like the Regis and Kelly style, you know, there's the give and take. I think that already is a a trick in in and of itself, you know, when it's one person interviewing, but then to have it all on Zoom. So I think we did a really good job for our first time, quite honestly. But to piggyback on what Joe said, these guys are hilarious. There's a point in the podcast where we'll mention that they uh, should there should be a movie written on these guys. That's how good yep. their stories are. That's how not in real life they're living, but it just shows their dedication and their confidence and, and their willingness to do what other people won't do to get the experiences that most people don't get. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And again, their, their show is the brothers Brant. And before we jump into this thing, you got anything else to add Cutsy? Not too much. Uh, I mean, big day for you, Tick, aside. I mean, the, the Sixers are playing tonight, and I don't know what happened to them last week or this this last game, sorry. I mean, Embiid, I think he got hurt because he looked like he was not present, he, even though he still put up pretty good numbers. You're going to need to have a big night tonight. I'm hoping and praying that we're coming back by next week and we're talking Sixers basketball for the right reasons and not for the wrong. So big day I mean- for you. I messaged you after the game and I, I told you right then and there, I mean, Embiid was a huge liability, but the whole team looked better than Jimmy Hoffa. They looked, <laughs> they looked awful, man. They, they, they And that's, yeah, I'm not going to keep going here, but 
Doc's got to fire this team up. They got to find some motivation within themselves. Something's got to give. Listen, they others- can do it. They can do it. I mean, look, you saw the Grizzlies last night. They beat the Warriors by fucking, I don't know how many points. And that's without John ja Morant. So it can be done. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a much better prominent Embiid tonight. I'm hoping for your sake. And, you know, big, big day. This could be the make Where it or break Where does Cutsy's money go tonight? Shoot them straight. Shoot the people after straight. getting after getting ham, hammered last night. Uh, like from from, uh, I I got taken to the cleaners last night. I don't know if I'm going to wager anything tonight. I think I might take a night off. If you if were I'm a betting honest. man, though, if you wanted to leave, the I think the Sixers win. Right. I think they're going to win. Um, now Game Seven is going to be a much different story yes. if they do win because I did not see anything that made me confident with their play from the last game playing right. in Miami. They look terrible. And they've yet to win a game in Miami, which is very disturbing. They haven't even been close, if I'm being honest. And I mean, I think they just, I don't know what it is, but it's, they get themselves in these, these big, these big deficits. They're going to have to come out. Listen, first and foremost, they got to win tonight. They got to win tonight before they can even get too far ahead of themselves. But I think, you know, I think they'll win tonight. I told you, I think they'll win the series, but I, they have got to come out with more fire than what they had. They, they've been these shooting slumps of like, you know, almost the whole first quarter, the last couple of games that when they played in Miami, they get these shooting slumps. They can't hit anything and they're getting razzled. Like they, they, they look frantic with the ball on offense. There's yeah. no flow. So hopefully they win tonight. Big day for you. Um, big day for the sportsman. First ever collaboration podcast. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think. And like, listen, um, we want to hear your feedback. Um, if you like the episode, if you don't, I mean, I hope that you do, um, you know, hit us up, hit us up in the DMS. I promise you right now, I go through my DMS daily and it's getting harder and harder. I'm not trying to sound, you know, like, like I'm, like I'm blowing up here, but it's like, it used to be a lot easier to go through my DMS than it is now because I get a lot more messages and a lot more traffic. Um, and I promise you that if I see anything with regards to 400 faithful or sportsmen, it is an immediate response because I am going to do whatever I can to help promote this podcast. This is our little baby and it's, you know, it's still very young and still growing, but I think this is a big day for us. I think it's cool to, to see other people want to come on our podcast. And I think we are just going to continue to promote it and grow it. And I'm interested to hear what you say. So, so leave us a feedback, um, uh, uh, shoot us a message, either myself or ticket, let us know what you think. And um, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And um, one quick thing, I almost forgot. I had sort of put out a test for the faithful last week. I said, if it it took five seconds, just go leave a five-star review. That's all it takes. So many people came out. They did that. They, some left a comment, many, many left. I love the comments. It was so helpful. It really is um, beyond whatever it does in the algorithm. I, I have no idea what that does. It's just fun to read them. It's great to see you guys kind of reaching out to us and we love it. So keep on doing that. That And we're so grateful for the ones that already did. Um, but without further ado, these guys are great. The Brothers Brandt, Rob and Rick, they've got an awesome podcast. And go check it out wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, doesn't matter. Give them a listen. Give them a shot because we love talking to them. And there's going to be a point in the show right around the 45-minute mark where they sort of introduce pictures from one of their most hilarious experiences at a Super Bowl. And it's a great time to log into that YouTube, folks. But if you don't, um, we'll be putting up clips as well. You might be able to find them on Instagram. But a nice little companion piece 
to the story they're telling and, and really add some context. So without further ado, here's our interview with them. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Sportsman. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Joey Coldcuts. Cutsy, you know him. But today is a bit of a different episode. We have our first interview ever. I mean, this is unprecedented for us. First collab. We've, we've our first collab. We've never uh, even teased that we might do something like this, but we're extremely happy to have the Brothers Brant. You can catch their show anywhere you can get podcasts. We have Rob Brandt and we have Rick Brandt. How are we doing, gentlemen? Guys, excited to be here. Thrilled to death. Well, we're happy to have you guys. <laughs> it's yeah, an honor fun. and a privilege. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's great to hear. I mean, uh, showing some love to the sportsman right out of the gate here. Oh, yeah. hey, now, hey, faithful, faithful 400, baby. You can, uh, we're, love we're, two, we're two, we're two out of the 400. We got so. two of them right here. I mean, there, when we found out that, uh, when I found out that, you know, Rob listened to the show and he wanted to get on, I said, if you're one of the 400 faithful, I would pretty much already have rolled out the red carpet for you. But then to, to dive deeper into these two gentlemen, I mean, some of the stories that these guys have are just outrageously, on, it, it's not real life. Like some of the things that they have, and we're going to want to go into some of these in a minute, but like, just, I, I was listening to your guys' podcast and like some of the things that you guys have done. And like, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Like first and foremost, like I've been in a situation where I've tried to get to like a lower seat in a stadium or whatever and i'm super scared or nervous like i'm gonna get caught you guys just go for it so like first and foremost tip of the cap to you guys because without like having that you know that that all out like i'm gonna go for it mentality a lot of these stories that you guys have they wouldn't even have happened am i wrong it's uh it's it's kind of crazy the the epicness of the stories of just you know what's uh like the the how how we work nosebleeds like we buy nosebleed tickets yeah. and then through really just a systematic way we have it down to a science uh where we get onto the field or we get front row seats or you know uh all access kind of <laughs> that's unreal i mean i i've been to a lot of sporting events and in my entire life I've only had field access once. It was at uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Um, and by the way, I did not buy the tickets. A friend of mine bought tickets for me. There were like $2,000 seats. I, I've never paid even remotely close to that amount of money for a seat. But I will say that being on the field after the game and being able to experience like that whole different side of things it really it, it sheds a light on the game in a way that you can never experience from a normal you know upper bowl seat or a nosebleed seat it really puts in perspective just like how huge the arena is like the context of it it's pretty fucking amazing and it sounds like you guys are doing this regularly so first and foremost i want to ask you guys like your first time doing this like was it something that was discussed or you just saw an opportunity and you're like listen we should try to make something out of this and then because it sounds like it kind of spiraled from there but maybe you guys can shed light on the first time you you did something like this well i'd like to get them started with the detroit episode but before i do i just want to reiterate a point that you made which is so spot on there are so many different ways to watch a live sporting event you can be up in the upper decks you can be in a suite you can be down in the lower bowl on the field and our goal 
is to watch sports from the best vantage point possible by paying the least amount of money possible. <laughs> that's, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> and I can tell you for certain that it all kicked off back in Detroit, 2013. Rob and I had decided we wanted to go out to the Midwest and see the Field of Dreams. We've all seen this movie with Kevin Costner, The Field of Dreams. Yeah. It's located out in Dyersville, Iowa. Very popularized this past year with Major League Baseball hosting an outdoor game at this complex and they did it up just perfectly but rob and i almost a decade ago now wanted to drive out there from new jersey to check it out so rather than being psychos and drive 13 hours one way see a field and drive back 13 hours we decided we'd want to stop along the way and see some sporting events well we ultimately put together this road trip where we went to 10 games in 10 days and the wow. first game the first game was a Detroit Tigers game, and we get to the stadium on a Friday night, and it's late afternoon, and I said to Rob, you know, let's go and explore the stadium. Let's check out and see what's around outside the ballpark, just take in the atmosphere. This is hours before the gates even open up, and we start strolling around the stadium, and lo and behold, a gate to the back entrance is wide open, unmanned. And what do you think the Brothers Brandt do? Go ahead. Barge through it. <laughs> we, Joey, Neil, we, we walk through the gate. And now Rick and I are like, all right, well, our tickets never got scanned. Um, and we're there for, this is three hours, two hours before the game starts. And uh, no fans are in attendance. But we see this one uh, person our age, like early 20s, rocking a tiger's outfit like a uniform but he's in the outfield bleachers and he's actually retrieving home run balls for batting practice so rick and i go and just kind of start like walking towards him and we got to blend in at this point <laughs> you know yeah. we have to start talking to people we can't just start walking around so we start talking to this guy with a lot of confidence and it turns out he's one of the bat boys for the team and he's uh shagging all the home run balls and as uh we're, he's just like hey how'd you guys get in here and uh, we're just like, uh, do you want us to lie to you or tell you the truth? And he just goes, truth would be good. And we just told him that the gate was wide open and we just walked right in. And he just goes, dude, this is epic. Like, uh, he, follow, follow me. He goes, where are you guys sitting for the game? And we just become befriend this guy. He's like, this is the kind of stuff me and my brothers would do. And he goes, where are you guys sitting for the game? And we point to like the last seat in the stadium, <laughs> like a $10 ticket. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Follow me when we're done here. Just hang out with me. You guys are good. Hang out with me. And then he, 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 he brings us around. Uh, fans are starting to come into the stadium at this point. He brings us to the dugout where like all little kids are, are getting autographs. He escorts us through the ushers and security to the dugout. And we sit like front row and he goes, just hang here guys. And just, you know, play musical chairs. That's so cool. And so cool. we end up sitting, uh, sitting fourth row for the uh, entire game. And uh, one of the, one of the plays that we have is, uh, when you get down to these lower sections, you got to order food because it, it looks like you belong. So we had like nachos and like, it, it, like, you know, coffee. Rick doesn't even drink coffee. He's like, yeah, give me the coffee. Like I need the coffee. So it like, looks like we belong. So like no one's asking for our tickets. You're just blending and in at this point. You're no? just blending in. And, and uh, that's how it kicked off. And then 
kind of spurred into uh, the Michigan game the next day. Um, well, it's funny that you say that because I listened to your podcast and it sounds like the very similar thing happened at the Michigan game where you ended up on the field and then afterwards went into the seats after security talked to you. And same thing, you were just very much when the people asked you like, how did you get tickets to these seats? You were just like, do you want me to be honest or, or not? And I lie to you. And the same thing, it sounded like, you know, part of it seems like just coming across as very genuine and honest and like just wanting to be friend people and like then creating relationships with people who are there. I mean, I, you're luckily never come across an asshole who's like sitting down there because it sounds like everybody you guys have reached out to. This Michigan story, by the way, I think if I'm not in, mistaken, you guys ended up like hanging out with the family afterwards for the people who knew the seats that you were in, the gentleman who owned them. I mean, that's just an amazing story. I mean, and by the way, Ticket, you should say too, Ticket's got a lot of love for Detroit. So when you start talking about the Tigers and the Lions, the Ticket's got deep roots when it comes to those teams. No, Tick? Comerica Park, man. It's one of the best parks uh, this country's got to offer, dude. It's fantastic. But I just want to say real quick, I, I have so much respect for what you, you guys are doing here because if I'm even in the wrong seat at a movie theater, I've got anxiety. I'm like, someone's <laughs> coming to get me. Like, I, I won't enjoy the game. I won't enjoy the film. So the balls that you guys have and the confidence yeah. that you you exhibit, it's it's awesome, man. But yeah, walk us through this Michigan game because this is a great story and we want our listeners to hear it. So maybe they'll jump on over to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll tell the Michigan story. And I think... Um, uh, for those out there, and it's funny uh, because I've actually taught friends how to do this because we tell these stories at Christmas parties at, at you know, any dinner parties and people are in, like, you know, they're just listening, like the whole table silent, like listening, like what's going on with this story. And I've taught people how to do this. And it really boils down to a couple of things. And Joe, you were right. Like, I want to touch on something there. It's like, you know, lying only get makes it worse. And when you're when you're honest with people, they appreciate that and they love that. So it's like one of the things is like Rick and I have said is like, if we get called out, we're never going to lie. We're just going to say we walked right down and people love that. And, and, uh, and that's what happened at this Michigan game. Um, and then also dressing the part, uh, Rick, uh, you know, prior to going to these games, what we did was we went on eBay and, you know, we're boys, we're Jersey boys. We're not Tigers fans or Michigan fans, but we went on eBay and we bought $10 t-shirts of university of Michigan and, $10 Packers shirts and all this stuff for all the games we went to. So we're swagged out like the home team. Well, that shirt's worth a lot more than $10. Mm. It's Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to strike a chord. Uh, this this yeah. Midwest road trip is striking a chord with you guys. Yeah. Um, I'll get to Michigan. We'll get to Michigan, but things escalated in Alabama when Rick decided to go and buy a $99 tuxedo and this thing just took off. Uh, we'll get to that story and uh, our Super Bowl media day story where we uh, interviewed Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. That's like arguably our best story ever. Uh, we want to share that one. But Rick, hit him with the Michigan one. Yeah. So basically, gentlemen, it's about getting there early, like absurdly yeah. early, earlier than any time somebody would normally get to a stadium. We show up before the players have arrived and before the gates have opened up. There's been times where Rob and I have literally walked into the stadium with the staff of that stadium. Like they're <laughs> coming in, we're coming in at that same time because folks aren't set up. They're not organized yet. They really don't know what's going on. The people that are working at these stadiums, they're just kind of like opening up their eyes and kind of taking it all in. And 
we get in at that split moment and people aren't always manning their posts. Rob and I have worked security for major sporting events and sometimes people just aren't manning their posts. It's not like Rob and I are hopping over fences or jumping over barricades here. We literally are just walking where you're able to walk and nobody's stopping us. Have you guys, I'm sorry to sidebar, but have you guys ever done it on a golf course? Because I'm now, the wheels are in motion here now. And I'm thinking like the next time I go to a golfing event, I should be looking into this. I've explored a little bit at uh, the PGA Championship at Baltusrol a few years ago. If you wear the swag, you've got a chance. Swag okay. and a lanyard really help. The lanyard is lapel pin, and now we're talking. Okay, sorry to <laughs> interject. Is, can, this can is you, because I remember a few a man a year ago, either the U.S. Open was at Kiowa, which is right here down the road. It was a PGA. Charleston. It was a PGA. PGA. And I dressed like I was a player <laughs> and I traversed through the woods and the beach for Take like five hard. hours to get, and I was going to say, I'm, I'm one of the players. Like, what do you, I was going to get aggressive with them too. If they were like, whoa, 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 who are you? I had no lanyard. I had no merch. I mean, I would have been destroyed, but it's an interesting <laughs> thought here. It's I, an inter- if you'd brought your golf clubs, I think you would have had a 50, 50 shot. <laughs> oh, that's true, man. That, that could be the ticket. Play. Did try, and then he ended up like just like instead of even getting a chance to view it, he was he went on like a five-hour hike and just gave up at the end. So yeah, I, I guess there's there is ride. definitely some strategic like you know value in doing this. And and ticket learned that the hard way. Sorry to interject. I didn't want to cut in on your story, but I just to me it's very intriguing because you're saying show up early, but like some. I would like to think that some places are much tighter security wise than others. Cause when I go to golf tournaments, they have that shit like sealed up. Like it's very hard. Yeah. No, so, some places are a lot harder than others for sure. Like we um, Dallas, Texas, actually uh, the Cowboy stadium is like the hardest to maneuver, like hats off to their security. Like they are on it. Like uh, some places are so easy. Like Clemson, we literally dressed, we had orange tuxedos, like from Dumb and Dumber, uh, and and, awesome. and lanyards and 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 lapel pins and Clemson hats on, and we just we just honestly told the security guard we're going onto the field, and he just goes, "Okay." <laughs> Maybe he thought you're like part of the halftime show or something like that. You never know. We had referees coming up to us asking to take pictures with us. We had the mascot asking to take pictures with us. That's so cool. <laughs> you got to bring positivity. You got to dress the part. You got to arrive early. You got to bring confidence and, and just have a good time. If you're having a good time, it's all good. If you're causing problems, that's where you're going to run into issues. And we don't ever encourage that. We don't ever behave in that way. It's always honesty and just here to have a good time and support the home team. Now, before you guys, I know that you wanted to talk about the Super Bowl thing and we'll get into that. I, I have to ask you guys a question is like, what would you say based on all the places that you've gone and all the different sporting events you've gone to, if you had to pick like a top one or two places to watch a game. So for the listeners listening out there, whether it's a baseball game or an NFL game or what would you say from an experiential, like overall, like experience that you've that you've been able to enjoy? What would be the top couple places that you guys would say you've enjoyed watching a game at? Great question. Um, I'm gonna go baseball, football, and then golf. And uh, baseball, 
the best stadium in the country to watch a baseball game at with like the best vantage points, the best view is without a doubt, San Francisco giants. Like it is just beautiful, breathtaking views. Like even the upper decks on the, on the uh, first base side, like you're staring out into the Marina, into the Bay, into McCovey Cove. It's gorgeous. Hands down. I know Rick agrees with me on that one. And then football wise, I mean, Joe, you're going to, you're going to love me right now because because i'm going lambeau field like yeah you wow. gotta go lambeau this is I've been, it's i've been once uh i used to go to we used to go to like in the summertime we'd go to, to green bay to watch the games and they'd have the intramural games yeah. and then finally like five six years ago my 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 mom's from green bay so her uncles are like the fact that you've not been to a regular season game is criminal you're in your 20s at the time i was in my late 20s so i went to a game versus the lions and we went and just the experience i've been so used to going to games as an opposing fan like in seattle and all these other places but to go there and like walking to the stadium everybody's wearing green and gold and then you walk in and it's just such an iconic stadium dude yeah goosebumps man. i'm getting goosebumps right now it's just thinking about it. It, the, it everything about it like it's a massive stadium so much history plopped in the middle of a town with like ranch homes right next to it yep. you know it's kind of like a college atmosphere like how pumped up everybody is for that for that game bench and, seating and bench. bench seating uh i mean even the you know what it is too the people are so nice like they're so inviting they're so welcoming oh now they're, he's really got you in the palm of his hand wow. uh, take it easy we're doing a two-hour episode today because i'm ready for all <laughs> my Joey, clear the schedule now now we're doing a four-hour uh -huh. podcast <laughs> he's right though ticket i'm not being i'm not just being like no. uh like i'm not being overly like i don't know like I, I truly believe that Packers fans are just genuinely good people. They're, they're just like very kind, like good loving people. And, you know, they cheer for the team, but they're not like aggressive. You go to some stadiums and fans are aggressive and mean and like not good Packers. It's just like a big family. It's just like a great environment ticket. You have to experience it. All right. Well, Hey, Detroit working class, steel cars, GMC <laughs> Ford, baby. Come okay. on. And Philly, I know you're not mentioned Philly when it comes to Philly, unruly yeah. fans, a bunch of scumbags Philly, over there. Philly's one of the worst places, one of the worst places <laughs> to watch a game. I'm, just gonna, I'm going on record. All right. I just, I don't ever want to encourage people to go to a sporting event in the city of Philadelphia. It's not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> Even, uh, even if even if you're rooting for the home team it can be problematic oh my god what a bunch of scumbags tick i got sorry go ahead what's your you guys only because you guys talk so much about green bay right there i just want to add one caveat it's the only place we've been to and we've been to a mall where the fans in the stands who we don't even know when they get up to go to the concession stand, they ask the people around them, hey, do you need anything? Do you want anything? Where else do you get something oh. like that? Good, good oh. Midwestern people over there, Tick. And I love, and, and, and if you're at the game, you'll get it. When the Packers score a touchdown or score points, they have one of my favorite like traditions. They play, I don't yep. want to work. I want to bang on these drums you know what? all day. Rob, and everyone's like jumping up and yeah. down. And like, Rob, I will tell time. you that our, Bobby's going to be listening to this podcast. He's going to agree with you so much because this past year I introduced him to that song and he can't get enough of it. It is just the most 
exuberant, like joyous song. And everybody just, it makes you just want to clap and stand up and just go crazy. You're, you're spot on with that. I'd run green, man. And then golf, uh, you, you gotta go to, and I know, I know Robbie went to the waste management open and, um, uh, you know, I, you got to go to the waste management open. It's, it's one of the coolest events, uh, in golf. Uh, we've had the privilege of being on the 16th green. Wow. Um, multiple wow. times. Uh, and, uh, Rick actually met like Condoleezza Rice. We met, we met Mark Cuban. Um, and I know, I know, uh, I know you were talking about this, Joey, because the soup, that's the, that's the, the craziest connection is that the Super Bowl plays there all the time because it's Arizona. And next year, I think, right. The, the Super Bowl is going to yes. be there. And, yeah, so, oh my gosh, the fanfare, the celebrities. It's be nuts. Um, Rick, what about, so, so Rob gave his, <laughs> he said that, uh, you know, you were in agreement with him on the San Francisco ballpark. What, what about for football for you? What would you say is the top stadium you've been to? All right. So for college football, it's all about the atmosphere, right? And I want to talk about a couple atmospheres that are just out of this world. If you had to pick them, these are the ones to go to. First, you got to find yourself down in Tuscaloosa at some point mm. to watch an Alabama football game. It doesn't matter who they're playing, but you need to go watch Alabama play at home. Next, if you get a chance to watch Florida play Florida State, that is that interstate rivalry at the swamp is the best. I highly recommend that. Michigan, Ohio State at the big house yeah, is undeniably awesome. out of this world. Penn State on a Saturday night in Happy Valley in a whiteout through the roof. And a sleeper pick, Eugene, Oregon, home of the Oregon Ducks. That is ruckus environments. You know, Bob went to a, a game for Bob to Sports in Oxford, and he said the Ole Miss environment is unbelievable as well. I'm not sure if you guys did that, but so many awesome places to choose from. It's just so interesting to hear I think for me, Ohio, you know, Ohio State, Michigan game in the big house has got to be just rocking. Yeah. Well, let's keep it going here, Ticket. I think you had a you had a question or two for the guys. I've had a conversation with Rob many a times, um, but I used to ask Bobby about this all the time. And I want to take it back because I want to close strong. I want to finish with some of the best guests you guys have had. You mentioned Russell Wilson. But I want to take you back to a little time in college where you were putting yourself through college with what I think is one of the funniest stories, at least the way Bob tells it. And I want to hear your take on it. You put yourself through college. And I, I want to paint the scene for you, Cutsy, because there was a year in the New Jersey, Philadelphia area where every single person got a letter from a company called Vector. Do you want to work for Vector? And people were like, what is Vector? And Rob was one of the people who responded to them, ended up working for them. Take it away, Rob. Uh, yeah, long story short, uh, I ended up selling Cutco knives. Uh, you like start off seeing family and friends and then like you ask for referrals and all that stuff. Uh, in about like five years, I sold uh, from college and like a little bit after uh, I sold like over a million dollars worth of these, these knives. And uh, I was like the number one college sales rep uh for cutco i was like number one out of thousands of, of people and i i actually opened up my own office after college and it was such a cool experience being like 22 years old and like hiring people and training them to sell cutco and uh this is how robbie came into the office you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed 
ready to ready to oh, ready to God. sell some knives. Just <laughs> ready to go, baby. And this guy couldn't sell a samurai sword. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I t- Oh my God. I'll never forget it. And I told him this and I was live on one of his um, Instagram stories where he came up to me, 18 years old, Robbie Berger came up to me and uh, I gave him the job. I was just like, his buddy was working there. So I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I want you like, well, I'll help you sell some knives. And uh, as soon as I I said, I I accepted you, he, he reaches over the table and shakes my hand and he just goes real excited to sell some knives. I'm not gonna let you down. I'm not gonna let you down. <laughs> Showed up to training, made the phone calls. Kid was just ripping, selling Cutco knives in college. <laughs> oh, so he was good. Uh, yeah, he was good. He was Bob good. I mean, he wasn't selling millions. He cornered all of his mom's friends, and they just <laughs> felt so bad for him. Oh, they Randolph, had- New Jersey, didn't know what hit him. Randolph, <laughs> New Jersey, didn't know what hit him with Robbie coming out there slinging. Yeah, so so Rob Brand paid. He went to Fairleigh Dickinson University. Tuition's joke. Like, it's crazy how much it is. He paid for his entire college tuition throughout through selling Cutco Knives because he's one of those guys that, like, he would go off the actual script that they would give you, even, like, when he cold called. And, like, he just – he doesn't take no for an answer. And if he gets a no, he just doesn't care. He just keeps going. Um, like, he's relentless. Um, but yeah, I like got up in the interview and like when I got the job, I was so fired up that like I got out of my CS truck and I was like, let's go sell some knives. Like I was so fired up when I, I had the job before I even got there. And I called my parents and like I was all fired up. They were all fired up for me. And then, you know, like I told them what I'm going to be doing. And I went around the neighborhood and like all my parents' friends like felt bad. Like they kind of like had to, like I would do the knife presentation and all at their house. Like we'll go into their living room. And they would feel obligated to buy from me. So I sold a shit ton. But it was all because they, like, felt bad. I was going to say, I guess in many ways, like, what you've done with selling knives kind of is your mentality and your personality. You're very personable. It seems like both of you are very outgoing. And your your ability to socialize and, like, create connections is, is what I, I believe is what this is all stemming from is you're able to see an opportunity take it and then create a connection that enables you to benefit from it, whether it's selling knives or going to the big house and being on the fucking on the, you know, right on the field. But I, I genuinely think that that's, that's probably something that helped establish your ability to be able to connect with people and be able to use it in a way that helps benefit both of you. The answer is always no until you ask. So that's the sales mentality we bring to going to sporting events and, Sometimes we get the cold shoulder and it doesn't work, but we just keep trucking, boys. Keep, keep trucking. I'll tell you what, boys, after the podcast, I have some sponsorships that I might need help selling for. If you guys want to be some sales reps, we might not, we might need to have some conversations here because I definitely ain't selling millions of dollars worth of anything, let alone cut knives. That's pretty unbelievable to hear. If you connect on a human level with people, there's so many endless possibilities. And I think that's, you know, really highlighted from what you guys are saying and how you're able to take advantage. You're not trying to do it from a spiteful place or from a place where it's trying to be sneaky or, you know, dishonest. It's just, hey, we want to experience this the best way possible. How can we make that happen? If we're not able to do it, then so be it. We'll go back to our nosebleeds. But tip of the cap to you guys. That's pretty amazing.
And, uh, and going back to that Michigan story, I mean, we don't, we don't have to tell the whole thing. I'd love to tell the Super Bowl story because that's just absolutely dynamite and just a way to end this thing. But just to your point, it's like, you know, you make friends with people and, uh, and you be genuine and you be authentic and you be real and like you always be honest and tell the truth and have fun and bring a lot of energy. And uh, that's what we did at Michigan. And, and we ended up sitting front row because the two people next to them didn't sell their tickets and we were sitting in them and they asked us like how'd you get these tickets and i was like oh do you want me to lie to you or tell you the truth and he's like truth would be good i was like yeah so we actually went to detroit tigers game the night before we have this 10-day road trip planned walked into that stadium then we just walked onto the field but we got booted off after a first quarter so now we're sitting here this guy's dying laughing he goes this is amazing invites us back to it. He goes, well, you're lucky. These are, uh, you know, Ted seats. He couldn't sell them because it's University of Akron. They're playing. Come back to our tailgate. You know, we, we had a full party with Ted. Like he was like, oh, you guys enjoyed the seats. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and they gave us like beer, wine, food, like ready that's to get amazing. in our car, heading back. And, and we, they still get our Christmas card to this day. <laughs> 10 years later, 10 years later, still trading Christmas cards. One thing I wanted to touch base on is, and, and Rob, I think I've talked to you about this, is you guys meeting Jim Nance and your involvement on having him on the podcast. Mo- most recently, before I, before I quit my job, we actually had a situation where Jim Nance was staying at the hotel. Um, I was at the, the hostess stand, um, kind of just doing my thing. I had my head down. I was filling out some forms. And I hear this just angelic voice come up at the hostess stand asking for a reservation for that night for six for the following night. It was a Saturday for six people at seven o'clock. And uh, the hostess, obviously, we were packed. We were full. She goes, oh, we don't have any uh, any availability. And he goes, are you sure you couldn't make anything? She goes, well, what's the name for the reservation? Let me see if I can do something. He goes, oh, it's Nance. Uh, first name is Jim. And I look up and I'm like looking at Jim Nance. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I brushed her aside immediately. And I said, you know, Mr. Nance, just tell me what time you want to come in. We'll make something happen. We'll get you a great table. Um, a lot, you know, long story short, he came in the next night. We we're super busy. And I started talking to him and just one of the most genuine people I, I can honestly say I've ever met just a true gentleman went over to the table. There's a table of six. He's talking the whole table is just riveted by this guy, just watching him. And I went over and said, hello. And he said, where have you been? I wanted to say, thank you. The table's amazing. Then introduces me to everybody. And then at the time he goes, so, um, so, you know, let me give you my card. Like, can I have your card for the next time I come in? And I said, well, actually, Mr. Nance, I'm, I'm actually going to be leaving in two weeks. I'm not going to be working here anymore. And he goes, what do you mean you're leaving? And I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be leaving and resigning from my job. He goes, well, what are you going to be doing? I said, well, I'm going to be putting out golf videos on YouTube. And he was just like (laughs) astounded by it. And uh, then he goes, he goes, Jim, or he goes, Pete or something. You hear this guy's quitting his job. He's like, how long have you been in the industry? I was like, over a decade. And they started laughing. I goes, gentlemen, can you please not talk too loud about my resignation? Because I haven't announced it to the staff yet. So they're howling, laughing. It was super funny. And he said, before he leave, he said, before I leave, I want to get your information. I want to talk to you. And I, I just thought he was saying that. So as he came to get up to leave at the end, he came over and was super, you know, grateful and said, do you have that information for me? So I can, you know, I can find out where to watch your videos and everything. I'm like, this guy is not, he's not joking. Like he's being serious. So I like took out like a, you know, like some old menu and like started scribbling shit on it and gave it to him. (laughs) And I said, here's my email address. And, you know, um, and I sent him and he sent me, he gave me his, his information and I sent him an email just saying it was so great to meet him. And then like, I don't know, like six weeks later, four or five weeks later, I get a message from Nance Enterprises 
and I'm like at a dinner in, in Scottsdale and I look up and I, I see, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is Jim Nance who just messaged me and just such a nice guy. Now, nothing more ever happened. I didn't end up getting him on the podcast, but it sounds like you guys have had him what once or even twice, I think. No. Yeah. We've had him on the podcast. Uh, he's been a guest of the pod and everything that you just said is spot on about Jim. He's such an authentic guy. He could be as busy as humanly possible, but he would. All right, let oh. me jump. Let me jump in there, boys. <laughs> a little static right there. A little technical difficulties there. All right, Rick, I got it from here, kid. I got it from here. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just absolute salt of the earth guy. And um, you know how it happened, and and how um, you'll love this, Joey and, and Neil. You, you guys will love how like we've got these guests on the podcast because you know you run a podcast too. And through all these stories that Rick and I have of turning nosebleed tickets into on the field passes, we have so many pictures with being on the field we get we get access to all these players and people so we just take pictures with them and um and rick is credit hats off to tip of the cap as you say joey to, to rick um when COVID hit and the world sh of sports shut down rick was like rob this is our opportunity this is our chance let's start a podcast let's tell these stories these stories are hilarious let's get guests on this is a great time because no one's talking there's no chatter there's nothing and we have all of our own content of these stories and then what Rick did was he went through our, all of our photos and printed out uh, like an eight by an 11 and a half inch paper of, of a picture of us with Jim Nance, with us with Todd Frazier, with us with, uh, 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 you know, uh, Derek Jeter and like, and, and found their addresses online, like either found their charity foundations, either found like their home address if it was online, found like where to mail this stuff to. And, uh, and Rick wrote this beautiful letter just saying like, hey, um, in a world with no sports, something along the lines of a world with no sports, we just wanted to take the time and say thank you so much for the impact that you've made uh, on our lives, watching you play, watching you, you know, commentate, and we can't thank you enough. Um, you know, we would love to have you on our podcast if, you, if you'd be open to it, but at the very least, would you be able to sign this and send it back for our man cave? And, uh, and, and we sent out 100. Uh, and, That's and amazing. 60. Yeah, we sent out 160 of them and, and we probably got back 125. And, wow. uh, and, and you know, we, we, have, we have Phil Knight, the owner of Nike. We have a picture of Phil Knight at an Oregon game on the field at Oregon, pulling the same shenanigans where we had nosebleed tickets. We somehow run into Phil Knight. We get a picture with Phil Knight. We send him this, we send him this autograph. And, and I'll, it's probably one of my favorite autograph pictures of us with Phil Knight. And it says, to the Brothers Brandt, just keep doing it. That's Phil awesome. Knight. <laughs> and cool. uh and and so so that's how you know we sent this to nance and we asked him to come on and he was like hey absolutely i'd love to come on um absolutely let's make it happen and luckily because of the world of sports being shut down you know things opened up in his schedule so we had him on the podcast and then something we love doing is just sending thank yous to people for coming on the podcast and uh this is rick this is rick is rick is a genius and uh and he he was like let's send jim nance a cake and i'm like a cake and he goes yeah let's send him a cake um but i've seen i've seen where you can get these customized cakes and you can have digital pictures put on the cake so what we did was after our episode was over that that day like that day prior to the episode rick called a local bakery and sent uh the seventh hole 
picture of Pebble Beach where he got married to his wife, Courtney, like they got married on the seventh hole. And then a picture of the Super Bowl and a picture of March Madness Final Four. And it was wrapped around the cake. That's and, cool. And, and we wrote a letter just saying like, hey, thank you to the Nance family for um for for everything you you do for for allowing jim to be able to be away from the family so much and uh and and they got the cake it was hand delivered to them by his bakery and um and and jim literally called us the next day and he just he just said hey guys i want to say i've been on thousands of podcasts thousands of interviews i've never been treated the way you guys have treated me i you guys are class acts Wow. That's unreal. So, you know, the bottom line is uh, I will give you my address at the end. I like it. Chocolate or velvet red cake. <laughs> you know, feel free to, send, <laughs> you know, feel free to send something over a ticket, <laughs> ticket more of an ice cream cake kind of guy. And we'll go for more of fudgy, the whale Carvel. Absolutely. You know, a little, no, but little you know what? That's to amazing to, to just to touch on that. Just again, like the human spirit is something that um, when you tap into it, no matter how big or how famous or how, you know, relevant you are in the world like everybody still has a soft spot deep down below and when you can tap into that the opportunities that you can create are pretty endless so good on you guys for just you know the appreciation that you have for for someone like that and again like he is such an amazing guy um that i'm sure like he was just overwhelmed but that is an incredible story i i think we need to end on this super i keep we keep talking about the super bowl story so we can't tease from, him any longer yeah we gotta we gotta, we gotta hit this up now i heard from your podcast from one of your podcasts you guys talking about how you got media passes which turned into you interviewing tom brady and russell wilson just maybe walk us through rick like how did that how first of all how do you guys get media passes and then how did these kind of you know series of events unfold first off i don't know what's all this media pass talk about we didn't ever get media <laughs> passes so that never happened all right dressing the part gentlemen dressing the part is key and we all know what media day is at the super bowl it's the tuesday before the super bowl and it's the two teams that are in it and they're trading interviews from all of the major networks rob and i dressed in suits okay we had patriot and we had Seahawk ties on, lapel pins. I myself had a fake microphone that had a cord going from it into my pocket. It wasn't plugged into anything. And <laughs> Rob had a notebook as, as, as if he was going to take notes during these interviews. But essentially, guys, we're That's outside. a legit microphone, by the way. I got to see <laughs> Your attention to detail is so huge, man. Oh, I want to say Here's something right tip, here. Guys. And I this, go ahead, Rob. This is how genius my brother is genius and psychotic. Um, you know, we, we, we have the, you know, suits on right there. Um, and lapel pins, we bought those online a couple of days before we bought the ties, all that stuff. Uh, we bought the lanyards and, and Rick brings the microphone and there's Rick, nothing in, there's nothing in those lanyards. There, there's nothing in those lanyards, guys. They're literally tucked inside the coat pocket with a plastic sleeve. It's literally to show that we have a lanyard on oh and, and, but, but we're going to get to that in a second. But if you're looking at this photo, Rick, when we were deciding on what to wrap the, the square microphone, you see how it's the Super Bowl logo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
uh, we were like, should we do ESPN? Should we do Fox? Should we do something like that? And Rick goes, no, 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 no. If somebody sees us with an ESPN microphone, they're going to know we don't work for ESPN. So we're going to put the Super Bowl logo. We're going to be as generic as possible on this. <laughs> That's brilliant, man. That's so smart. So I'm going to scroll through these. You're like quick. a mad genius, Rick. I mean, you are just a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> attention to detail. This is this is this is how you do what you guys do. The cake, the lanyards, the wrapping of the generic. This is so impressive. Wow. I mean, these well, are. Thank you. Thank you. I can't take all the credit. Rob uh, was right there with me. The media days on Tuesday. We're there to see the Super Bowl. So we got to witness the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl where they threw the interception on the one yard line. We got to go to the waste management open a couple of days before. So we, we really did it all in Scottsdale. And I'm so excited for Joey and you and Robbie and everybody to go out there for that epic time next year. It's unbelievable. And um, so we bought the media day, you can buy $20 tickets and actually sit in the lower bowl, kind of like that guy over our shoulder. Yeah. You, you can sit there. So Rick and I did that. We bought these, these media passes and um, to, not media passes. We bought tickets to the media day for 20 bucks. And we show up to the arena and this is the Phoenix Suns arena where the Phoenix Suns play. And as you can see behind, it's all decked out with, with Super Bowl stuff. And picture this, we're at the arena at eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody there has Seahawks swag, Patriots swag, other team swag. We stick out like sore thumbs, rocking suits and having a microphone. I had a little notepad that I was pretending to take notes in. And, and even, and our plan, our plan was to walk in and scan our, our $20 ticket and then walk down onto the field and act with a lot of confidence like we've done before. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Here's what happened. A security guard saw us and just came up to us and said, Hey guys, media entrance is on the other side of the stadium. And we just go, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, don't worry, I'll take you over there. So he, oh, wow. he brings us around the back of the stadium where the players enter for like basketball games. And it's like TSA back there. They have like the line, the metal detectors, bomb sniffing dogs, state troopers. Uh, quite frankly, I'm shitting my pants. I'm like, Rick, I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> and, and everyone, all the reporters are already in there because the, the, it's about to start. And and uh, we're going through and we speed through and God bless this, this guy's soul. They had like an 80 year old guy working the security thing. And we were taking out our stuff, putting it in the little tray. Like you've gone to an airport. Yeah. Set up. And uh, he looks at Rick and he goes, Hey, do you want to get your microphone calibrated? And, and Rick just goes, no, nah, it just plugs into my phone. And the guy just goes, uh, uh, okay. Okay. I was like completely puzzled. Nobody asked us for credentials at all whatsoever. Kind of scary. We walked right through and now we're inside the stadium and there's state troopers. And I go right up to the state trooper and say, Hey, thanks for your service. You know, you got to initiate contact. Yeah. You can't look sketchy. And then a woman makes an announcement. Sorry, this is kind of a long story, but it's epic. And a woman makes an announcement and she goes, Hey guys, uh, there's two ways to get down onto the field. You can either go down to the lower bowl or you can go to the service elevator over here. So Rick and I are like, all right, let's try the lower bowl. And we try to go down the lower bowl, big security guard there. He goes, Hey, where are your credentials? And, and he, and uh, Rick's like, Oh, we got to get it from our manager. Like, and he's just like, manager, you should have got this mailed to you. Like, you know, a month ago or two months oh, ago. Yeah. And, and these credentials are big. They're like license plates with like your face on it and like a QR mm. code and everything. 
And Rick and I turn around, and who do we see in the crowd? We see Sal Palantonio and Ed Warner just kicking it in these chairs right behind us. So Rick goes right over to him and just goes, Sal, what's going on? Like they're long lost buddies, just a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. And, and, uh, and Sal up downs us and just goes, he goes, where are your credentials? Cause we're in like a media area. And Rick goes, Oh, you know, we got to get it from a manager. And like, you know, this is like a, you know, a white lie right there. And then, and then, uh, and then Sal goes, Oh, who do you work for? And, and we just go, Oh, it's a, it's a small paper back in New Jersey. We doubt you ever heard of it. It's called the Asbury park press. And, uh, and we were just naming a, our local newspaper back home in Monmouth County, New Jersey. And, 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 and we totally forgot that Sal Palantonio is from New Jersey. That's why he covers the Jets, the Eagles, the Giants. And, and nobody back home calls it the Asbury Park Press. Everybody calls it the APP. And his immediate reaction is, oh, the APP. And I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, oh, oh he's going to ask us if we know somebody in like marketing. He's going to ask if we know this person. And, uh, and he said, oh, you know what's funny? That was actually the first paper I applied to after NYU and I didn't get the job. And then Rick <laughs> slaps him on the chest like a little playful slap and just goes, sounds like our career is getting off to a better start than yours. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> and Ed's, Ed Warner's cracking up. And then Rick goes, hey, it's our first Super Bowl we're covering, which is true, we're covering it, but for ourselves. And for no one in particular. And, and uh, we go, can we get a picture? So then that led us to uh, the picture with uh, Sal Palantonio and Ed Warner just hanging out right here. <laughs> and, 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 and then, uh, and you can see the lanyard that they have on, it looks legit. <laughs> so, um, and then Rick and I are like, all right, well, we got to find this service elevator. We're not done yet. Let's give it the, let's give it the old college try. If we can't get in it through the service elevator, then we're done. We'll, we'll figure something out. Um, we go back to the main concourse where people, where people are, and there's tables of food. This is critical to the story. Kind of goes back to that Detroit thing where I'm saying like, if you have food in your hands, it looks like, you yeah. have so Rick and I start loading up plates of food. And, and like bagels, donuts, all this stuff, coffees. And we see this service elevator and the stars align guys. This will never happen again. Somebody must've spilt their coffee like 30 seconds before we showed up. So the security guard that's supposed to be checking credentials is on his hands and knees cleaning up this spill. Rick and I just walk right by him, press the down button. And then we get down there and we can see the tunnel and we're walking out of the tunnel. We can see the light. And um, as we're walking, two security guards come out of nowhere and just go, Hey, um, no, uh, no, uh, no food or beverage past this point. Uh, you know, you guys have to throw that out. And we were like, Oh my God, we thought they were going to ask for our tickets. Or That's hilarious. And yeah. Then we find a trash can and we throw it away and, uh, and then we go right out into the field. We put the lanyards on. So now we have like all the lanyards on and everything. And now we have to blend in and we're like, all right, we got to start talking to people. We got to start coming up with stories. So we see Kurt Warner and we just start talking to Kurt Warner. <laughs> um, we see uh, Michael Irving. We start talking to Michael Irving. <laughs> That's start, amazing. And start blending in. And then all of a sudden the players come out. And, um, and the, the, the Seahawks or the Patriots, I think, came out first. 
and we we start to get pictures with Tom Brady like Tom Brady's there and and Rick's like I gotta ask him a question I gotta ask him a question so he waits in line and and you know we're just asking questions to say we can ask we've asked questions to Tom Brady and Russell Wilson we're not trying to put together a story no no at this moment are you guys going are you like losing it a little bit are you like freaking out a little bit no, because we have the lanyards on and the and the lapel pins and the microphone. We're dialed. no, not mean like not like scared or nervous, but you just like caught up in the moment. Like I can't believe like we're actually here with the players like in the media. Like uh, you guys must have been like kind of like in denial at that point. Like what the hell's going on? Oh my god, absolutely, one hundred percent. We were just like totally freaking out. Um, Rick's like we're kids in a candy shop. We're we're going over and, and Rick's like, I got to ask him a question. And Rick asks him a question. He goes, Hey Tom, who's your, who's your favorite wide receiver to throw to? And uh, Tom just goes, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, 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 like we have dead like, giveaway. <laughs> we are not reporters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Tom, hey Tom, who hit you the hardest this year? <laughs> I love that every single picture he's got, he's holding the, the, the mic up to him too. Yeah. Like Sal pal didn't have his mic. Like <laughs> Every single one, Rick's got it. It's yeah. so good. Like, hey, believe me, believe me, I'm a, I'm a reporter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> please believe me. <laughs> so we we uh, what is it? What is it? Don't worry, I'm a limo driver. <laughs> um, so, um, so uh, so so this is where it gets crazy. We just start meeting people, and and we meet that we met this uh, this reporter from from Europe, and it was this girl from Europe reporting, and she just goes. Um, she goes, Hey, are you guys going to the Super Bowl media day party tonight? And we're like, of course we are. Yeah. We should exchange information to link up after this. And once we're done, like interviewing all these people, we leave the stadium and we were just like, totally, you know, we were talking to Chris Berman. We were uh, talking to Pete Carroll. We were talking to Russell Wilson and we're on cloud nine. We're like, how could this get any better? And this girl, we exchanged numbers with her and she goes, she goes, yeah, let's just meet at the hotel. So uh, hours go by, we meet at the hotel and the Super Bowl media day party is a party, an all you can eat, all you can drink party. Jeez, that, they had. that sounds spectacular. But here's what happens is we show up at the, um, at the hotel and then they have chartered buses and me and Rick and these two girls get on these chartered buses and the girls even ask, they're like, Hey, where are your credentials? And we go, Oh, we left them in the car. They're like, Oh, you might need them. And uh, we get into these buses and we start leaving Phoenix and Phoenix is in the background. Our car is parked in Phoenix. We're driving for like 30 minutes. I go, Oh God, this is going to be like a $200 Uber. If we get kicked out of this place, we have no idea what to expect. And someone comes on the loudspeaker of the bus and just makes announcement. And she goes, Hey guys, you're going to be working so hard this, this week. We just want to say thank you with this, with this party. Uh, it's going to be at the, the, the bird's nest, the crow's nest out in Scottsdale. It's this huge venue where all the concerts happen and uh, the Congos are going to play. It was a band at the time that had like a couple hits and, uh, and it's going to be an all you can drink, all you can eat. Uh, so just enjoy yourself. So we get off this bus and we go to this all you can eat, all you can drink. Rick doesn't even drink alcohol. <laughs> and he's having a ball. We were we hung out with Jason Taylor uh, from the Jets wow. and the Dolphins for That's like probably awesome. about an hour just shooting it with Jason. And then we befriended uh, Miss Arizona. 
and her and her entourage we were just hanging out with them the whole night the the, the hottest best looking girls there i mean you guys could not have done that better about. jesus christ that's uh that's a way to do you want to do it with with a group of girls you do with miss arizona my goodness <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, i'm not joking i was in scottsdale like uh you know about a month and a month or two ago and the women there are just they're just built different they're just the head turners like my head was on a swivel the entire time I was in I was in Scottsdale those girls are beautiful but what an absolutely incredible story it's I unbelievable mean, you guys are like wedding crashers but for sports it is uh, you could make a movie like you guys <laughs> you could, could make like a whole stadium movie about this to be honest stadium crashers yeah. stadium yeah. Crashers. I mean yeah you, right. you know you might want to you might want to think about I mean yeah, write a script. You might want to write a, a script, great. send it to NBC with the cake, and before you know it, you're going to have a fucking movie. You're going to have a movie from, <laughs> you know, like Getting Ready or a TV show or something, reality series, because that is pretty amazing. These know? guys are two true beauties. I mean, this I've listened to the podcast, especially back when I first uh, met Rob probably about a year ago, started talking to him, and then, you know, reconnecting through this whole venture with having them on the podcast. And it's like every single one of these stories is so good they tell a good story and what's great about their podcast too is like it's super bite-sized like sometimes if you think you just only have 15 minutes to drive into work you can listen to one of their episodes it's it's yeah. fantastic it's a great listen they're great storytellers as well as just having experiences that most of us just do not have i sit in my seat and i'm ashamed of it <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think one thing i will say is it's like a lot of people now um and, and, and Robbie's one of them and people that I know too, with the amount of accessibility that you have on TV now, a lot of people growing up, you know, our age even, they'd much rather watch the game at home than go to the, to the game. And I will say, you know, for all the hassles and everything that you do, some of the most noteworthy experiences that I have had is being in a stadium. Like for example, that, that Green Bay Packers game, when Aaron Rodgers hit Jared Cook out of bounds uh, and right before the end of the game and Mason Crosby hits a 54-yard field goal to win the game. And just being there to experience it, there's so much more that it encompasses than being at home on your couch or whatnot. Like, it's just something that is pretty special. And I mean, nobody's by the sounds of it, is doing it the way that you guys are. So once again, thanks so much for coming on the show. It has been a true pleasure. If you ever need us to come on your show, I mean, please, you know, invite the opportunity. We don't give cakes, but I'm sure cupcakes could be arranged or something at the store. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you guys want to listen to their podcast, check out the Brothers Branch. You guys are available on all platforms. And again, just thank you so much for taking some of your time out of your day to sit down and talk to us. It means a lot. And I think people are going to really enjoy this episode because it's just so cool to hear some of these stories because it doesn't sound real life. But then when you see the pictures and you see everything, it's like, well, I guess we can't, we can't doubt this. This is actually <laughs> something that took place, but, but really appreciated yeah. it. Take it any closing words that you like to ask before you, before we wrap this thing up or. I think I you mean, just said it beautifully, man. Really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and coming on our little show here and just sort of talking about your experiences. It was, it's fascinating. And I could, I feel like I could talk to you guys all day about it. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having us on. For all the listeners out there, I'm Rick Grant. I'm Rob Brandt. We're the Brothers Brandt. But guys, thank you guys so much for um, for everything. We love what you guys are doing too. And uh, we'd love to come back on, tell some more stories or just hang out and just 
tell stories. We got a hundred of them. So I mean, at this point now, I'm not working. I might the next time you guys are doing one of these things, I might have to come down with you and experience it firsthand. I might need to put like a little GoPro on, you know, on the edge of my microphone. Maybe Rick, you can help me with something like that so we can get the whole experience. You guys have an unbelievable day. Thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate you guys and and keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys are rewriting history with the with these things. And again, when I say a movie could be in place, I'm not lying. Like Wedding mm. Crashers is something that's pretty unbelievable. I don't think it's nearly as outrageous as some of the things that you guys are doing. It really yeah. is pretty unbelievable. So thanks, guys. An absolute banger, as always. That is Rob and Rick. They are the brothers Brandt. I am the big ticket, and that is Cold Cuts, and we are the sportsmen. Till next week, folks. Good talking to you guys.